We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, everybody. This is Dave Cabin from the RotoViz flagship podcast. Just stopping by to say thank you for listening to RotoViz Radio. We're offering our listeners a special 10% discount when they use the promo code RVRADIO2021 at checkout. Again, that's 10% off a one-year subscription when you use the promo code RVRADIO2021. Thanks for listening and keep on tuning in. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Road of His Best Best Ball Podcast Series. My name is Colin Kelly, you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Today I will be passing the baton, I guess we'll say, over to Zachary Kruger, Sean Siegel. Zach is my co-host here on the series. You can follow him on Twitter at ZK underscore FFB. They are going to go through the mid to late rounds of the recent draft they have done in the FFPC Best Ball Contest hundred thousand dollar top prize in that so they uh, are going to pick up some gems here i think as we uh, as we listen to them on the clock and make those draft selections and see some of their strategies as they try and implement it and then in the next episode of the series we are going to hear some q a uh, as zach gets some listener questions and puts them to sean siegel so i think uh, we'll just dive we'll dive straight into it we'll not hold off let's hear what the guys are are doing while they're trying to prep for those next selections um we are still currently sitting on one quarterback right now but feeling fine with Dak prescott um we just we just got ourselves our third running back we have two tight ends and four wide receivers i think this is kind of the part where you you start to see certain areas of your draft where maybe you are um so solidifying certain positions if you do something like a second quarterback or a third tight end here we don't necessarily have to go um, with either of those positions here but we also want to be mindful of what it may look like with a um, less than stellar quarterback two or tight end three um, with the build we're, we're kind of targeting here so sean uh, walk us through what we're leaning towards with the 1104 here as we're about to be on the clock again with a few players sitting in our queue yeah so one of the players that you liked pre-draft was Mike Williams, we could go here and get a wide receiver to match up with Justin Herbert, have that vertical upside there. We could go with one of the running backs, even though the running backs that we had in this range have already been selected. We could also go with one of the wide, I mean, with one of the quarterbacks 
There are a trio of guys who are pretty interesting at this point. Which player is your preference for really augmenting the guys that we currently have? So I think the question that we need to ask too is if 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 we opt to go with the quarterback, the guy we have queued up, their their bye weeks match up with the one we currently have. Um, but then I do also like the idea of possibly going wide receiver here. I don't think that any of the tight ends who we have queued up we necessarily need to get with our top two. Uh, I'm kind of fine with either pick here. I guess my question to you real quick would be if we get a third quarterback here or if we get a quarterback here and who we have queued up, we're obviously going to need to go with the three quarterback build over two. Um, are you fine with who we have in the queue and going with the three quarterback build? I am. I think that that is something that probably makes sense at this point. So let's go ahead and get a fun one here and go with the rookie. Okay. So, so I'm, I'm fine with that. I think that um, Trevor Lawrence is going to be a fun player to have this year. We just got him with Travis Etienne. Um, you know, again, I pointed out that we now have quarterbacks, um, both at the same, both at the same bye week, but I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. You can still go with a three quarterback build. That's absolutely fine. Teams can survive that way. Um, what is it that that we kind of like about Trevor Lawrence here at this particular spot? We even took him over someone like Matt Ryan. Um, Justin Fields is still on the board, who a lot of people like. Sometimes you may see him go higher than Lawrence. He didn't in this case. But what are some things that we like about Trevor Lawrence in this particular build, getting him with ETN, but then also, um, you know, just how we could envision his 2021 season unfolding? We think about what we saw from Burrow last season, where he had to put the entire offense on his shoulders, really move the ball, and he did that. Now, these are two different guys. We talk about them as being two of the best prospects in the last 10 years. A lot of people like Lawrence as a generational type of player. I think that with the potential for that Jacksonville offense to, number one, need to score a lot of points, number two, to actually do that and come through. And then you look at the rhetoric surrounding some of those players where you mentioned etn he has dj chark who's had a big season in the past he has lavisca chanel who really appears to be kind of roaring up in terms of the way people are looking at him his performance in otas they can end up going from one of the weaker wide receiver depth charts to one of the better wide receiver depth charts almost overnight and then you have this dynamic offense with the young quarterback really pushing to score the points so Perhaps we're a little bit uh, overly enthusiastic based on what Herbert and what Burrow did last year. But at this point with this value, I really like having a guy who's going to need to score a lot of points to keep his team in it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the reason that we like Burrow, um, yeah, I'm sorry. I think the reason that we like Lawrence is for all the reasons that we kind of talked about off screen with Burrow. Um, what was essentially one and the same is, is what you just laid out uh, an offense that's going to need to keep pace with a lot of, a lot of uh, opponents and offense is probably going to be throwing a lot. I am completely in on the Trevor Lawrence pick. I think he is probably one of my highest drafted quarterbacks in some other um, best ball leagues. He's a guy that I'm absolutely fine with taking. And I think that in terms of looking to stack him, if you wanted to, there are a multiple number of ways we could even look to stack him with players outside of um, just ETN. I will say it's probably not going to be Tim Tebow, though. I don't think that Tim Tebow is going to be who we're going to be chasing here as a, as a third tight end option. Although anything could happen, as we've seen in this draft. Um, there's There's been a number of things that have kind of happened that are a little bit unexpected um, in, in terms of ADP that have, have uh, you know, forced us to, to reevaluate on the fly and kind of change up our thinking on some guys. But overall, I like the way this team is shaping up. Um, 
Sean, with the way that this team is looking, now that we have our two quarterbacks solidified, I asked you earlier before we went with Trevor Lawrence in the three-quarterback build. Um, the three-quarterback build was not something we originally planned on doing. Um, does does this change how we're going to approach going with quarterback and tight end, which we talked about kind of wanting that number to total perhaps five when doing the build? Is, is going three quarterbacks going to change how we may consider tackling tight end, or would you look to pivot – on another position with the hopes of still kind of getting a, a solid third tight end in addition to the quarterback that we now have to get. I think that the key element here for us is just going to be to take the best values that we get as they relate to the running backs. So if the running backs that we have allow for a tight end to sneak in there, I still feel comfortable with that. We want to get all that tight end firepower out there at the same time, these running backs now into this range are the ones we were really excited about. We want to make sure that we get them. And I should mention that on the, the Mike Williams, uh, he was actually drafted much earlier. So I had missed that selection there. Another <laughs> guy who is an interesting wide receiver pick at that range. But you look at what he has done in some of the past seasons and his 2020 could be a little bit of an aberration. So at, as we get about five picks away, there's perhaps a tight end that we like here. And then there are a lot of running backs without giving away who that tight end is. What direction are you leaning at position as we go into this round? Yeah. So I had to, I'm, I'm apologize. I'm, I'm managing a couple of different things here, but I had to pull up our rankings real quick. And I see that who you have up there, which I'm absolutely fine with this tight end. If we do opt to go this route here, um, which, you know, haha, he just went. So we won't be doing that <laughs> now. But there are, there's another tight end who he had also debated going with as well um, that we have queued up. So I, I don't mind that pick either. Um, I, I think at this point in time, when it comes to getting the tight end three, what you're really just chasing is that upside at the position, hoping to either find that guy in a good offense or that guy who maybe is just being undervalued because of changing circumstances with teams um, or just a little bit of uncertainty at the position within his own team. So um, some of the guys who we do have up who we like, I'm absolutely fine with taking. Um, I think we could um, perhaps go that route now if, if you know he's still on the board and he comes back to us. I also don't hate running back. I think that one thing that was a lot of fun when kind of setting this draft up in particular was you and I did have a lot of agreements on running back. So I kind of expect that when we decide to start hammering out the running back position here, it's just going to be a lot of nodding and agreeing and kind of going with the guys who we all agreed on on our spreadsheet earlier when talking this thing out. Uh, would you be looking to, based on how the board is unfolding here over these next couple of picks, are you fine with who we have currently sitting at the top of the queue, or would you would you prefer to lean running back here? Yeah, so we should go with a running back unless the last sort of big wide receiver target that we have, we're worried that uh, he too will be reached for ahead of ADP. That might be a direction to go. The question I would have for you here, we have all of those running backs that we had talked about that we had agreed upon. Zach Moss was one of the guys that we liked earlier. Devin Singletary, perhaps still in a little bit stronger role, one for more volume, probably not the high value touches that Moss has, probably not the upside either of being the big breakout player. Between Singletary and some of the other guys, do you have a preference for this pick? If we're talking about the running backs who we have sitting in the queue right now, I would probably say that Singletary is who I'd prefer to go with over this over these picks right now. Um, another guy who we had talked about, which I, I think could be an interesting player as well, if he's still on the board, um, he just went, actually, I was going to say JD McKissick, but he just went, I'm absolutely fine with going with Devin Singletary here. 
um, making this our pick. And then we, I think we can talk about tight end possibly on the next on the next round when it comes right back to us, or even wide receiver actually. Now that I, now that I'm looking at it, so I'm fine with going with Singletary here. I think we just got Rashad Penny. So he so was, was he was the player that you that you had liked and and were looking at. I made the <laughs> last second switch because we had a little bit of waiting to that week seven by just trying to, to balance okay. that out. Singletary may come back through. Uh, so, mm -hmm. so still some possibility there. Penny was someone you really liked was part of your draft plan for us in this league. Uh, tell us why we should have Penny on our teams. Uh, so the first, uh, the reason I didn't mention him, I didn't see him in the queue. So I thought maybe our pre-discussion about the knee cleanup was why we hadn't put him in the queue. We had kind of decided that maybe we wouldn't go that route. But no, I do like Rashad Penny. I think that um, when it comes to him being in Seattle's offense, looking to establish the run as Pete Carroll and the, everyone in Seattle seems to want to do, I think with Penny, we're kind of banking on upside assuming health and um, which is, again, that's why I hadn't mentioned him earlier because I know that our last conversation on him was kind of questioning about his knee. But if we feel good enough about his knee and the fact that he, it's, he's going to be healthy, he's cleaned up and good to go, then I think Penny right now are just betting on upside in terms of a talent perspective and where he was drafted coming out of college. He's looked okay in some of the games that he was healthy in. And in an offense that's always talking about wanting to run the ball, I think that Penny is more than a fine player to have, again, assuming health in the Seattle offense. So I like Penny here. Um, I'm, I'm actually glad that we went with him over Singletary. That would have been my first that my first bet, actually. Um, just looking at, again back on that conversation, I was like, eh, did we did we officially go off of him? But no, I like the Penny pick a lot here. Um, I'm looking and seeing here right now that we have a couple of other players who are non-tight ends um, on the board still that we had talked about getting earlier. Uh, I don't think we necessarily need to go tight end here, Sean. Where are you leaning to, towards with this pick? Well, we have a lot of running backs who are still green for both of us, so still priority targets for both players. We really only have one wide receiver who fits that mold for the next three, four rounds. He might come back around to us, but the way wide receivers have been drafted in this draft, I'm afraid that he would not. So I would be looking forward to taking more at this position here and not risking it. Yep, and that's exactly what I was going to say. So I'm absolutely fine with Rondale Moore there. I think we're we're lockstep in that. I think that Rondale Moore is a um, a, a fun player to have on this team. Uh, you know, just a, a excellent talent. I think the concern with him is a little bit of his size, but I think that in the Arizona offense, I think there's going to be a lot of ways that the the Cardinals are going to find a way to get more of the ball. Howard, where are you at on on Moore as a prospect? That that's something that I've I've admitted to other people here on the show that rookie. Knowledge is not necessarily one of my stronger points. I still need to get a little bit more into dynasty, so I always like to kind of get the opinions of people in terms of rookies on this on these teams and that that we're drafting, seeing where they're at on them. Where are you at on Moore as a prospect? Where are you at on Moore as a receiver for the Arizona Cardinals in 2021? Well, he's one of those guys that has a, a tricky profile because the points in a couple of different directions. We have this amazing breakout season for him as an 18-year-old, and then a lot of injuries opt out, that kind of thing since then. He's in this offense here. We'll get to play off of DeAndre Hopkins. He'll have Kyler Murray again, hopefully taking that next step. He was somebody we were looking at for this Arizona-Dallas game. And if it's a shootout, and if it's a shootout where the Cardinals are forced off of Hopkins for whatever reason, defenses will be trying to take him away. The Cardinals have talked a lot about more as a manufactured touch guy. I'd like to think that's not going to be all that he is for them. But he's going to be one of those players who is so dynamic after the catch. 
if you're going into the season, you're getting one of these top rookies. We look at what some of the rookies did last year. We know that rookie contributions are accelerating, right? So the last three, four years, we're just getting so many more points from rookies. I think in this particular offense to have more as the guy, I mean, he could be that guy we're talking about six months from now as being the true breakout wide receiver from 2021 or the rookie sensation. Now there'll be a lot of guys to compete with in this class. We have some players like Chase and Smith and then Elijah Moore, the numbers for him. If you check out Blair Andrews and the wrong read, he's got a couple of great pieces on these young guys, both Elijah and Rondell Moore hit a lot of the metrics that we look for. And I think those guys are going to make a rookie year contribution. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what you just said kind of just outlines what, what I hear a lot of what I read a lot of on Twitter, obviously some of the stuff on Rotov is about these talents and the, just the multiple ways that Rondell Moore can contribute. You talked about manufactured touches. Some people do talk about him as a guy who I, I think it's more jokingly than it is serious as being a guy who could potentially get running back touches. But I think that even within that joke still lies some truth a little bit of, um, you know, just how, how they envision him being utilized within his team and how they think that the Cardinals could deploy him given his uh, skill set and his abilities, um, you know, like you said, as an early breakout, as just a, as a, as a, you know, elite athlete who's capable of breaking a game open in many different ways for an offense that has an otherwise, you know, been pretty exciting. I think that um, when it comes to the Cardinals, I think we tend to be a little bit disappointed with some of the surrounding players that aren't named um, Kyler Murray, that aren't named DeAndre Hopkins. Christian Kirk hasn't quite been what we hoped he would be. Larry Fitzgerald has always kind of hung around. I think that perhaps this year, with some new pieces involved with Rondell Moore added to the roster and another year to work with Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. I really think that this year could be the year that the Cardinals perhaps take a step forward with the new players that they've surrounded um, Kyler Murray with. And I even kind of like Chase Edmonds a little bit working in hopefully what's going to be a lead running back role now that Kenyon Drake has departed. Um, we are currently in line to be taking our pick at 1409 right now. We've got a couple guys who we have sitting in the queue we also are going to be looking for a third quarterback at some point in time. Sean, where are you leaning with this pick? Do you think that um, we're in a position where we need to reach for any players? Do you think that we're in a position where we can kind of continue to play what the board is giving us right now? How are you feeling about this current um, setup as it sits right now? Well, one of the things that we have going for us is that we have three late QBs that we like a lot. So we don't have to have any type of panic as we look to those players. And then Singletary, for example, continues to fall here. We have some perhaps more exciting names who are also still on the board. We're going to have a lot of options with this round 14 pick. Yeah, we, we are. Um, I, I know that one player who I think is where we'd probably still be a little bit early on him right now. He's sitting at the top of our queue. I don't think we need to exactly take him just yet. Um, but I, I do like who we have sitting at the top of the queue here. One guy... Um, you know, who, who is coming back to us. We, we already avoided him one time. It's not really a secret that we want him at this point in time since we had already talked about him with Devin Singletary. Are, you, are we out on Singletary still because of the bye weeks and trying to mix things in a little bit better? Um, we currently have two running backs on week seven buys out of the four that we have, and Singletary would also fall in line with that week seven buy as well. No, I don't think that we're out on him, but we do have a couple other players that we like. Similarly, players we knew we were going to be able to get later and might want to go ahead and take that, even though you know by ADP, they're not the same kind of value. We also have a QB here that we have been looking at that might be a value. 
he goes off the board. I think it would have been interesting to select him if he had lasted another spot. So with down to the, the two quarterbacks here, do you want to take the plunge with one of them or do you want to keep waiting? So I'm fine with going quarterback here, but I also really do like one of the running backs here who I'll, I'll just put a hold off saying here until beers makes his pick. But I, there's one running back here who I think I'm fine with above the others. And then there's also a quarterback here who I really like as well. Um, I don't think he's actually tuning in because he told me he wasn't going to be able to stream. So we'll find out here. I'll just go ahead and say, it. but the guys who I like, I am a fan of Derek Carr in this spot. I think that he would be a nice player to pair with Darren Waller. If we wanted to get other Raiders later on, we can do that. And then um, I'm also, I'm, I don't have a problem with Singletary, but I, I think that I would probably be a little bit higher on Philip Lindsay at this point. He's a player who I've had a lot of, who I've been interested in drafting, um, you know, all off season. I think that the reason that the Texans brought him in um, was in fact to probably play more snaps than some people are anticipating and what his ADP suggests. I think personally that Lindsay's ADP is way off. I'd be curious as to your thoughts with that, but of the two players who I just mentioned, do you prefer one over the other? Do you prefer someone else entirely? What do you, what are you thinking here? Well, I uh, Philip Lindsay has always been my guy. I couldn't believe what happened to him those last the last season in Denver. I think that he's going to have I don't know a big season. I don't think we can say that about anybody who plays for Houston. But I like his chances to be the guy for whatever that's worth. Let me throw this back to you. I want you to make this pick. Do you want Carr? Do you like Lindsay? Um, We've obviously talked about Lindsay. He could get picked in the interim, but we do have some other running backs we like as well. Yeah, so looking ahead, we got 24 seconds to make this pick. We, we have a couple teams ahead of us who also only have two quarterbacks, and the 101 has one quarterback. I'd probably prefer to go Carr here just because I'm not sure if I want to be stuck with some of these other quarterbacks we have sitting here. I think Carr would be it for me if you're good with that pick. Sounds great. Awesome. Yeah, I, I was sitting there, and I was looking at that 101. They only have Josh Allen. Um, and I, I think that there's, at least in my mind, a pretty big break in, in quarterbacks here. Um, you know, I, I, I don't mind Daniel Jones. I think Zach Wilson is nice from the perspective that he's probably going to play a full season. But I, I think that Derek Carr um, just gives me a little bit more confidence in, in terms of his ADP, where he's going at. And I think that he's still probably going to be the guy um, in, in Vegas for the for the Raiders in 2021 I don't I don't think that anything with Marcus Mariota being on that roster is going to threaten um, threaten Carr's starting role and like you said we have a lot of running backs here who we still like let me scroll down through our rankings as we work our way through this draft because we're going to be getting to the 15th round here um yeah I mean there's there's green popping up all over the board here even if we even if we did lose Lindsay there's plenty of other players who I like um we got we got our three quarterbacks and as far as some of the other positions go that we talked about, I think we still have some players who we like um, overall. I think the star of this draft has gotten off a little bit uh, different than what we expected, but I think that right now, the way things are looking, uh, I think things have kind of started to maybe come back a little bit closer to us and how we expected things to unfold. Would that be correct in that statement, Sean, or, or are, you, are you thinking things are still getting a little nutty here with some of these picks? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I, I like how this draft has gone. It's gone much more like what from the elite group that we're drafting against. It's been fun to uh, have to play off of that. And at the same time, the build that we wanted to do, we've been able to put together. And the players we wanted, we've been mostly able to get. As you mentioned, we have a couple of guys here. I think that Daniel Jones would have also been an interesting pick for us. He didn't make it around. He almost certainly wasn't going to make it around. We would have had to pick him if we wanted him in the last round. Madison Parkhill's got a great article up on the site about Jones and why he could be sort of the Josh Allen for this season. So I think that he actually has more upside than Carr, who we went with. And the upside is interesting, obviously, in a tournament format like this. But Carr is someone who is an undervalued player. I like the safety that gives us. You like that pairing with Waller for that week 14, 15, 16, 17 time period where if they break out together or have that big game together, then it helps you move along. The thing that has happened here, Lindsey's come back around. We do have a couple of other running backs, but I think that he's probably the guy for us. Yeah, I think if we were debating taking him last round, I think that, you know, we'll we'll, we'll take it as a, a sign of good fortune. I'm fine with taking Philip Lindsay here. Yeah, I, I, I like Lindsay's pick. Where are you at in particular? Because I think that the Houston Texans in general, just for, for all the disaster that they kind of appear to be, I think that sometimes within teams that appear to be disasters, there also tends to be kind of interesting conversation to be had on these players. Uh, David Johnson, I don't have his ADP right in front of me, but I know that it's a, it's a good bit higher than Philip Lindsay's. I'll pull it up here um, real quickly um, just so we can talk about it. David Johnson has an ADP of about 113.5, Lindsay at 168.9. Uh, do you think that these ADPs, they're obviously far off. Do you think that they're far off and that it's correct, or are you, are you just much more in on Lindsay than consensus, I would say, at this point in time? Because personally, that's where it is for me. I like the guys who have the explosive ability. I think that there is a potential that we'll see uh, what we unfortunately saw with David Johnson with the Cardinals, where Kenyon Drake, you, you, know, you watch the two of them together on the field in that season. Drake was so much more explosive that they had to really make the move to him even once David Johnson came back. Now, the thing that you do have here with Johnson is that for a big back and for a back who probably will get some goal line touches if the Texans are ever down in the red zone, is someone who also is a good receiver, right? He's a better receiver than he is a runner at this point. And so when you talk about high value touches, I think that's where he has the real edge. And that's something from a fantasy perspective that we want to be very aware of. At the same time, one of the things that we see with Johnson and with Lindsay that we've written a lot about on the site, uh, Charles wrote about a lot in the old days, Jack Miller has written about recently, is this idea between the big gap running backs and the small gap running backs and win rates. And one of the things that you see is with these 
running backs who are drafted somewhat closely together, that the second of the two players has a much, much higher win rate sort of overall. That doesn't mean in any particular situation, that's what you're going to get. Obviously, you have a situation with ETN and Robinson where we liked the more expensive player that time. But Lindsey's someone, I think there are a lot of different traits that work to his advantage, especially when you're talking about someone being drafted in round 15. Yeah, at this point in time, I think some of the players who are getting in these rounds, the fantasy industry kind of casually likes to throw around the word free when it comes to these players who we're acquiring. What we essentially mean with that is players who are not hopefully going to hurt your team as much as they will boost your team in weeks where they are good. Right now, if you're looking at our roster, we have Travis Etienne, we have Tony Pollard, we have Daryl Henderson, we have Rashad Penny. I can see scenarios where Rashad Penny, Henderson, and Pollard all kind of sprinkle in you know, their, their weeks that are, are making them worth their picks. And then we're kind of being anchored down by Travis Etienne uh, with that fourth overall, um, or I'm sorry, with our fourth um, pick, our fourth pick, our first running back off the board, where now we're looking to get guys in the 15th, 16th round. And at this point in time, what we're trying to buy is upside. And I think that Philip Lindsay has that. I think that if anything happens to David Johnson, I think Philip Lindsay is the de facto running back one for Houston. I know the offense is gross. I know we don't necessarily love it, but I, at some point in time, things are going to happen where the, someone's going to have to play, you know, and and make plays for this team regardless of what we think of it. They're going to have to field an offense. They're going to have to go out there and try to make plays and win games. I think Lindsay has shown himself more than capable of being able to work in both the running game. And I know that he's not necessarily the best pass catcher. Um, he doesn't tend to be viewed as one of the most efficient ones, but in a PPR league, I'll take the receptions and hope that he's able to, to break a few big plays. Um, so so I like I like Philip Lindsay here. I, I think if anything, I was most disappointed by his, his kind of choice and landing spot. I'm kind of, when I saw him go to Houston, I was like, you can't tell me that the best actual spot that he could have gone to was the Houston Texans. Knowing how gross we find that offense, I would have liked to see a better landing spot, but I also have no problem with taking him here. Um, hopefully, maybe something surprises us. We actually end up getting him at what we consider now a discount, and he's able to give us some big weeks here. Um, we are heading into round 16. Uh, again, we still have a lot of guys in the green in terms of some of our late round targets here. Um, guys, guys who I really like, guys who, who I think Sean really likes and who we are, um, you know, just completely in on with these next couple of picks. If we look at our roster construction um, from, a, from the standpoint of positional and the number of players we have there, we're currently sitting on two tight ends, three quarterbacks. We have five wide receivers and we have also five running backs uh, at, at this time, um, which is now where I think these last cut of picks is going to really determine how we end up building out this team outright with the next couple of picks and where we think we need to have more of than other spots. Um, Sean, we have a couple couple more picks to go before we're here. Where are you feeling like we need to kind of focus on over these next couple of rounds with making sure that we have a proper balance of the different positions to give this roster the most upside and make it as strong as we possibly can? Well, I would probably have preferred a seven wide receiver, six running back build. But one of the things that we did see was that the opposite of that would work. And even something as limited at wide receiver as five wide receivers, if you go with them early as we have done, is something that has historically given some pretty good win rates, even though that's on a small sample because not many people are approaching it in that way. So I think that the positional value is going to determine a lot what we go with here. 
if some of our favorite guys make it through, I mean, it, it seems like, okay, well, 16, 17, 18, those are throwaway types of rounds, but you can lose the players you're targeting like we just did with Hubbard there, you know, right before your pick and it will change the direction you want to go. We could also go with that third tight end in round 17 or 18. If the guy that we've been eyeing a little bit is still there. So I like what we've done to this point because we really do have a lot of flexibility in terms of the players and most importantly the positions that we draft in these last three picks yeah yeah no i i'm i'm with you um losing hubbard there definitely hurts i don't think that so where i'm at with this and and i'll i'll lay out my thoughts here real quick see what you think with the tight end who we have targeting right now he's a player who i i really like at this spot i think that he is i think that he's going undervalued particularly based on the argument that you made um, for him earlier in our conversation. I like the tight end here. We probably don't need to take him here. Um, we could go with another running back. If we were to go with um, another running back, who would you be looking for here? We don't need to necessarily leak the tight end out unless we plan on taking him at this spot. Well, we do have a running back who is still on the board that you had in yellow, but he's now several rounds below where he normally goes. Does that change how you view him at all compared to the three sort of late round running backs. What we are, what we at here, we have one running back who's fallen. We have three late round running backs. We like, we have one late round wide receiver that I especially like, and you were okay with as we were putting this together. And then we have a late round tight end. How does that running back fit in for you at this point? So if the running back we're talking about is Tariq Cohen, which I believe it is, um, cause I did have him in yellow. I think that he fits this, this construction pretty nicely, mainly because right now we're kind of looking, again, we're looking at guys who are going to contribute weeks for us. Um, and they may not always necessarily be the, the consistent producers based on where we're kind of uh, building this out. I think Cohen is an interesting player because he doesn't give us a lot of rushing upside, but he can catch a lot of passes. I'm fine with Cohen here in this spot if that's who you're referencing. Okay, well, let's go Cohen. And then we have three more late round running backs that we really like and probably at least one of them will fall all the way out of the draft and so we have a lot of flexibility with the direction that we go here in round 17 as well and then we'll get ready to make these next few picks i mean all the guys you have in the queue we it, it, at this point in time i guess what we would really want to talk about if we're if we're considering another running back here we have a couple guys here who we have uh we have labeled in green who could go a little bit later on and then we also have a couple of guys here who are in yellow, who I know that that we like as well. Um, we use a very nuanced approach here of just simply doing red, yellow, green, and even orange for kind of the the the, the middle between that red and that red and yellow spot, where it's not quite a guy who we hate, but not someone we feel the most confident on. We do have a few guys who we do feel pretty confident on as late round running back targets. Um, as as we come around to these targets here sean are you fine with waiting on tight end for another pick i think i probably am based on what i'm expecting to to happen coming up here but if you want to get our guy realizing that we have running backs who are probably still going to be available i'm fine with getting that tight end too where are you on the receiver that we have left on the receiver that we have left i'm absolutely fine with that um the receiver that we have left i think offers a lot of big play upside i think that he would be um kind of a fun guy to have on this team where when you when you think about guys in terms of the the phrase I like them better in best ball, I think he kind of perfectly fits that phrase based on what he's able to do. And I think that um, you know I think he even makes for an interesting pairing um, with some other players who we have on our roster right now. 
Uh, we had talked about that a little bit off of uh, off air. If that's where you're leaning towards with that pick, I'm I'm absolutely fine with that too. I don't think that there's any need to necessarily rush on some of the other players we have sitting there. Um, where are you at on that? Because that, I, I'm absolutely fine with with going that direction. If that's what you want to do. Yeah. So, do you have any preference, big picture now, in terms of this third tight end, in terms of running back, wide receiver? If we take another running back, I think there's some good running back values. We arguably get a little bit overweight on that position, even though that we've waited on it. We might want to go wide receiver and tight end to finish. In which case, if we take at least one of them right here, we know we won't be wiped out of both of them. Yeah, so I mean, you know, we currently have it looks like we have we have six running backs here. That's not that bad. Um, I'm fine with that. I think we still do want to get that third tight end and also that next wide receiver. Um, I'll say whichever one you think is better at wide receiver tight end, let's go that and we'll see who comes back to us. But I'm I'm fine with no more running backs. So we went ahead and went with Dalton Schultz, and that's kind of who I was hoping you would go with. Um, we had talked about Schultz off air earlier, and Sean made a good point. Um, that I think is is something that's worth considering as we look to um, you know build teams later on this off season, which was that Schultz obviously had a very good um, season last year after Blake Jarwin went down. But if you look at ADPs, it, the the public is much higher on Jarwin, and I don't think that that's necessarily correct. I think that Schultz had a very solid season, and he's also you know healthy. He's not going to be. Um, or he's, he's coming off a season which he was healthy while Jarwin missed time. Uh, I think Sean's point kind of was, and I'll let him explain it a little bit more, but just kind of simply the fact that we saw a player play tight end for the Cowboys last year who was very good. I don't think what um, they had was necessarily broken, and if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Dalton Schultz as a tight end three here in what's still a, a elite high-powered offense as we continue to throw all of our chips in on Dallas, I think could be a very sneaky pick at this point in the draft. Uh, so Sean, when it comes to Schultz and then also Blake Jarwin, did I, did I cover that pretty accurately in terms of how, how we're viewing him and why we, we were fine with taking him here over Jarwin much earlier? Definitely. And, and there are a lot of extremely sharp fantasy owners who are very high on Jarwin. I don't necessarily think that they're wrong. I'm more looking at it in terms of, and I, I have a lot of Schultz in Dynasty from last year. And so I follow him pretty closely, read what the beat writers are writing about this tight end depth chart and how Dallas plans to play. Most of the signals seem to suggest this is going to be more of a 50-50 type of split, which might not be ideal for either of them, especially when you have all of those elite wide receivers. At the same time, I think if we're close to 50-50, then I like to continue to get some exposure to Schultz because the price on him compared to the price on Jarwin, you look at Jarwin goes in round 12 of this draft, there were a lot of very good players we were still looking at in that range. To have picked him there would have been a lot to give up. So we may very well be wrong, but when we're wrong, we want it to be less expensive as opposed to more expensive. So that's the direction we kind of went on this pick. Right. And, I, and that kind of, I think, even comes back to what we talked about a little bit with the Lindsay pick is, is if we're wrong, it's a less expensive guy to be wrong on. But we're also um, getting a guy who we who we think is a very good player, um, maybe if the situation was just a little bit better, a very good player who we're now getting at a price with the hopes that talent kind of shines through situation with Schultz. Hopefully, talent shines through situation. Hopefully, there's enough there um, in the in that Dallas offense in terms of volume for Schultz to still give us some good weeks. But if he doesn't get it get it for us, then at least we're only losing out on a player who we got in the 17th round instead of the 12th round, which is where Blake Jarwin went. I think that the camp battle between Jarwin and Schultz will be an interesting one to see. Uh, two two tight ends in the same offense don't tend to 
to quite pan out, I think, as much as, as we want to believe that it does. Years ago, it was it was Gronk and Aaron Hernandez, and I think people kind of revel in that from time to time a little bit too much when it comes to seeing two solid tight ends in the same offense. Uh, even a few years ago, people were talking about that with the Ravens and Hayden Hurst and Mark Andrews, and we know how that turned out. So I think whichever tight end doesn't appoint the job is certainly going to be the one who we're going to want for fantasy. And I don't think that um, Jarwin's ADP is as safe a value as Schultz's, realizing that Schultz could inevitably win that job um, with Jarwin coming off of an injury filled season and Schultz having a rather good 2020 campaign. Um, right now, we're in the twilight of this draft, quite literally. We only are, we are just a few picks away here from making our final selection of this draft. Uh, we just lost one of our running back targets, but I think, Sean, are we still probably fine with not giving a, a, a seventh wide receiver at this point in time, but go, I'm sorry, a seventh running back at this point, but going wide receiver with the final pick? Yeah, we have a couple of, of wide receivers here. The wide receiver we passed on is still available. We do still have three or four running backs as well. And so even though losing P. Ryan uh, is disappointing, we, we have some other options at this spot. I think that, that P. Ryan selection, though, is a very, very good one uh, where he went at the end of round 17. Yeah, yeah. P. P. Ryan is a, is a player who kind of came on uh, late in the season after after uh, you know Gio Bernard, I think, was kind of banged up towards the end of the season. Joe Mixon obviously missed most of the season. And, and P. Ryan got a couple chances to play. He, he, he did well. He gave you some usable weeks. And now they brought him back, and he is essentially the backup running back behind Joe Mixon. And if they look to feed him in any any given week, should mix and miss time, I think that um, you know P Ryan is going to be a fine player at, at that at that final slot in the draft for um, the 112. They got him at 17-12, right before the the 18-01. But I do like P Ryan there. Um, we're currently sitting on a five wide receiver build, I believe it is, with six running backs. Sean did touch on a little bit that five wide receiver builds can actually work despite. Um, you know, how fragile they may look with so few wide receivers. But um, where are you leaning towards this last pick, Sean, given some of the, the guys that we highlighted earlier as guys who we like now that now that it's come time to make that final selection? I, I like going with the receiver here. I think he's going to be a good pairing with someone we already have. Probably doesn't help us in quite the same way for the overall tournament victory, but will help us get to the playoffs by being a good complement to one of the receivers already on our roster. There is another, uh, there are a couple other wide receivers we could go with. There is decent wide receiver value at this point if you're loaded. If you're trying to get guys who you still need to be an impact player for you, then this is the tough range. At the same time, over there at running back, we have three guys in the queue. I think any of them will be good. We actually have a couple guys that we have in green, sort of lower than them as well, that we haven't needed to bring in. I think mixing these guys up in rounds 17 and 18 of drafts over the next couple months is a fun way to look at that. That way, as you build these zero running back or single elite running back drafts, you have exposure to a lot of the types of guys who could end up being very big pieces of your team in the way that James Robinson was last year, or even someone like a JD McKissick. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I'm with you on that. I think that some of these running backs we have, it, you know, it takes one situation for them to all of a sudden rise to the top and turn into that late round value here. Um, we have 33 seconds to pick. Sean, the wide receiver we wanted is on the board. We have him even in our queue right now. 
I'm absolutely fine with that pick. I like what you said earlier with how he, he would pair with one of our other wide receivers who we have. I believe you even outlined his playoff schedule t- for us in terms of the fantasy playoffs and how that may work out for us down the road, if I remember correctly. Um, we went ahead and decided to go with K.J. Hamler. Sean, can we talk a little bit about the K.J. Hamler pick, what it was that you liked about him kind of late in our discussions earlier today um, and pairing him with a guy like Jerry Judy? Yeah, so when we look at these wide receiver two, wide receiver three picks, especially in a roster that's this deep. Now, we have a lot of exposure to the Cowboys. We're hoping that that works out in that week 17 game with the Cardinals. We picked more to have a little bit going back the other direction with the Cardinals in the shootout. I think that the Denver Broncos are more talented at wide receiver than the Cowboys are. Now, the big difference there, obviously, is that the Cowboys have one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. The Broncos maybe don't have a quarterback at all. At the same time, Teddy Bridgewater was okay for his fantasy receivers last year, right? DJ Moore, a little bit disappointing, but he scored to the point where if that's disappointing, then he's a very, very good player. Robbie Anderson actually has a little bit of a career renaissance. You have Curtis Samuel making a little bit of a push forward. And so if Drew Locke can't get it done, and we don't really have much reason to believe he can, then I think Bridgewater moves in there makes some of these guys work. Now, does Bridgewater have the kind of arm that pairs well with a vertical wide receiver like KJ Hamler? Probably not. But I think that Hamler is maybe the most undervalued wide receiver as a talent in the entire NFL. He came in as you know a top 50 pick in last year's draft. He had a couple of decent games last season, uh, both in terms of creating those big scores, right? He had a couple a game with multiple long touchdowns. He also had a game with a couple of sort of heavy target performances. Now, is he going to see that if Cortland Sutton comes back and is the alpha receiver that we sort of think that he is? Perhaps not. At the same time, I think that this Broncos offense is going to be more explosive than people give it credit for. And if we're talking about sort of a weekly floor and making sure that we have those points, again, it can be easy to focus on the playoffs when you're trying to win $100,000, but you have to get there. And when we look at how that Broncos offense will play out, you know, you're going to have snakes that Judy plays extremely well. You're going to have some weeks. I think that Handler will be the guy. When they balance each other out, it can make sure that you have those points at wide receiver and have those points in the flex position. Because of the approach that we've taken, we're going to need to have our wide receivers in the flexes. We can't just write that off and, and think, okay, our top four or five guys are going to get it done every week. Now, we hope that Mike Kosicki also contributes in the flex. We wouldn't have taken him there if we didn't think that he had that upside. But when we look at our particular build with these running backs potentially breaking out, scoring more points than people think, you're not going to need to know when they're going to score the points in this format. It's still something that we're mostly hoping that those running back selections will cover the two running back slots. We need some other firepower in the flex position. Yeah, yeah. I I think that that's kind of one of the things that is um, unique and fun with the FFPC drafts is it has that flex spot, but then you can consider guys like the tight end like Gusecki in this case, as potential players who are going to fill that flex spot for you, where you otherwise might not get that in a normal um, fantasy league. I think that sometimes when you're looking at a PPR league or even a half PPR league and you have that flex spot, the tight end, if you have a tight end of flex spot, you probably didn't have a very good week um, at your other position players. In the case of a guy like Mike Gusecki, if he's getting in your flex spot in a tight end premium league like the FFPC is, I think that getting him in your flex spot could possibly mean that even if you did have a decent week at wide receiver, 
you're still getting Gusecki in there at the flex spot just because he's going to give you those high weeks. And, I, I mean, you made a great point. I completely forgot about Hamler as far as his draft slot goes, being a top 50 pick. This is a guy who's probably going to see the field for Denver and and play hopefully a pretty good amount. He had a couple moments last season where, uh, you know, he definitely looked to be living up to the talent, hopefully a full season, healthy, possibly with Teddy Bridgewater, which I think is really going to be the player who kind of drives Denver wide receivers to the to the level of success that we're hoping that they find in 2021. I think T, uh, Teddy Bridgewater will hopefully be a nice quarterback for both Judy and Hamler as we make those picks. Um, really quick, we'll go over this team. Any any thoughts on the team before I kind of rattle off what we what we got here, Sean, and and take a look at it? No, I, I I like what we've done. I think if there are potential hiccups, you know, the having the three quarterbacks is not necessarily the direction we wanted to go. And not being able to get Thomas and how that has not just losing him, but it has a little bit of a trickle effect. Now, you can't set your draft up to where you have to be able to get one guy right about ADP or else it doesn't work. And I think that the pivots work nicely. So I like that the team that we have there, because Dallas has a couple of games with Washington in that playoff time period, we were hoping to have some Washington players uh, specifically receiving types of talent to come back in that and give us sort of multiple upside within those games for multiple weeks that didn't pan out but otherwise i really like how this draft developed for us it's funny because i I know we had talked about before we wrote the articles and got that stuff up on rotoviz that we might be concerned that having the articles up there will give people too much to work with but we thought it'd be fun to do we didn't really mention much about washington at all that was kind of something that we took a look at late we thought we were gonna find some good value there with those washington picks and everyone kind of just on the football team went off a little bit earlier than expected we couldn't quite get that as far as how our plans worked out pre-draft that would have been a fun one to have happen but i do feel really good about what we were able to do with dallas and even judy and hamler i think that that would be fun um hopefully some of these running backs fall into situations where they're at least seeing some some weekly snaps and opportunities and i think etn really hitting is going to be um, perhaps a pick that's going to wind up being a, a giant steal for us in this draft if he does what we expect him to do. Um, real quickly here, I'm just going to rattle off the team, and then I think we might do a couple quick questions with Sean if he's up for answering them. Uh, we have our roster constructed with a Darren Waller tight end pick out of the 104. We then went back-to-back wide receivers with A.J. Brown and C.D. Lamb. Again, really looking to capitalize, particularly as you'll see down the line on Dallas. Travis Etienne, a player who we're both high on, given his first-round draft selection, the fact that he will hopefully be on the field a lot for Jacksonville. Dak Prescott, Jerry Judy, Tyler Boyd, Mike Gesicki, and then Tony Pollard, Daryl Henderson, Trevor Lawrence, Rashad Penny, Rondale Moore, a wide receiver who Sean and I both like heading into the season, Derek Carr, Philip Lindsay, Tariq Cohen, Dalton Schultz, and then K.J. Hamler. I really like this team a lot. Um, certainly, it, you, you find out that... Uh, you can have the best laid plans in the world, but if things start going unexpected, you got to pivot. Uh, very thankful to have you on here, Sean, to do this team with me, to have a little bit of fun. Hopefully everyone learned a lot um, during this draft. Hopefully Sean had some fun as well. And that brings them to the end of their draft. Quite a quite a nice team there. A couple of things they probably would change in hindsight. You know, I, I know the quarterbacks with the bye weeks, I think, 
uh, talking to the guys after may not have been uh, completely intentional in terms of uh, they may have missed the the bye weeks while they're on the clock but um, you know we, we live and we learn but uh, a really good team overall uh, I have also done a, a draft in this contest with Zach we will be doing a similar series to what we're doing here with Sean and Zach over the next week or so releasing those episodes so stay tuned for those to see some of the similarities in the draft some of the differences in the draft and to hear the strategy and process that we went through throughout that draft as well and uh, on the next episode as well a Q&A coming up with Sean Siegel and Zach uh, going through some questions for the best ball format so lots of good content coming your way here on Rotoviz Radio and of course on the best best ball podcast series and um, so basically we're going to tie it in a little bow there we'll leave it where it is quick shout out for the listener discount as always you can save yourself 10 percent off a rotaviz pass by going to rotaviz.com forward slash podcast and get all the information there the promo code is rv radio 2021 until we're back with the next episode of the series have a good one